I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Tim Dilley on the line, and he's a CEO and co-founder over at Enforce Consulting. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Adam, for, uh, for reaching out and having me on your show. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Enforce Consulting and how you're helping your clients. But before we do that, let's get a little bit further into your background. So how did you get started in your career and in business? So I was a, uh, I'm from California. I went to uh, Fresno State University, was an accounting major. And then in my senior year of, uh, of, of college, I was able to get a job programming at a company that had a group of Pricewaterhouse consultants uh, running what was then called the data processing department. And um, so I worked with those folks in my senior year and was able to, uh, to then uh, you know, my eyes were opened up that I could work for a public accounting firm, and this was Price Waterhouse, um, uh, not Price Waterhouse Coopers as it is today. So this was a few years ago, but I was able then to to then move into a position with um, with Price Waterhouse into a consultant training program that they offered. And so I look back now; I've been in consulting then my entire career. It's over 35 years. I think I stopped counting when you get above 35 <laughs> in your career. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, half that career has been working inside consulting firms like, uh, Anderson Consulting or Pricewaterhouse, um, or, and then half has been, uh, running consulting organizations for software companies. So I was fortunate enough to get, uh, to get, uh, pre-ideal opportunities with two software companies, uh, that both went public had great success. And so, you know, so that's my career, 35 years consulting. I've traveled extensively around the world. Uh, as, as you would expect in a consultant, I've uh, I have I've spent at least one night in 43 of our 50 states. Um, I've been on great projects. I've been on really challenging projects. Um, but uh, I think when I when I look back at my career, it's the the friendships and all the amazing people that I've met over over the, the course of my career. Wow, that's an amazing story. So I, I mean, it's rare to meet, in my opinion, um, consultants that have, you know, they started in consulting and maintained that for an entire career. Um, so over 30 years. That being said, so it's, it's, you definitely have a different vantage point. Um, that, um, that being said, you know, there's some younger entrepreneurs or even people that are just graduating college, and I think you'd be a good person to ask this question to. Um, so what, what, what kind of advice would you give um, on maybe that new crop of college grads and or entrepreneurs that um, are thinking of or haven't considered um, uh, creating a long-term career in consulting? Well, I talk to those graduates all the time because we're constantly uh, hiring them ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I say, you know, typically people are interested in consulting because of the variety of work. And so I, I emphasize that there's the variety of work. Uh, the first part of your consulting career, you are a consultant, uh, which means you are working on projects and you're taking a leadership position, eventually taking a leadership position on projects and delivering value to customers. But consulting then does, off, does offer the, the chance to move into, um, into a position where you're running part of the consulting business. 
And so I really got that opportunity when I went to go work for these software companies where they, they wanted me, uh, the software companies wanted me to take responsibility for running the consulting uh, P&L within the overall software company. So that's the thing that is unique about consulting is once you understand it and, and have proven yourself as a consultant, then you get the opportunity to work um, managing the business of the consulting, uh, of the consulting operations. And that's why I've stuck with it. Um, and a lot of people, I, I hear what you're saying, Adam, a lot of people do, mm-hmm. do, do it for a while. They get burned out on the travel. Life doesn't allow them to do that. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of things come into play. Um, for sure. but, uh, but I don't think, I don't, as, as getting started in one's career, I think it's a great way to start. It, it just, I think a lot of doors are open, um, by, by taking this kind of a, uh, this kind of a, a career. Yeah, if I could do it all over again, I always said that. I was like, you know, I start, I went the financial advisor path when I was graduating. That was kind of my background already, and that was how I wanted to learn about business. But then I thought about it, like, in retrospect, and I'm like, wow, I probably should have been a consultant first. That that That's what, what one of the things that interested me um, most about um, business, not necessarily um, investing in certain parts of it. Um, but, no, I, I love it. I love your story. And, y- yes, you are a unicorn, 30-plus years. Love it. Uh, <laughs> so. So that being said, um, I do want to switch it up a bit, Tim. Uh, let's get into what you're doing over at Enforce Consulting. So first, tell me a little bit more about the company, please. So we founded Enforce Consulting in 2016, and um, we are a consulting firm that works with primarily medium-sized businesses, businesses with, say, a couple thousand employees, and we help them deploy their business on uh, cloud software-as-a-service applications. So, and we work, we provide services that will allow uh, these medium-sized businesses to to run their front office, you know, their customer-facing business processes um, in, uh, with a cloud application. Uh, we also do back office, which would be your, your financials and your accounting systems, and then also uh, cloud applications that help you manage the people, you know, what people call human capital management or HCM. So I don't want to assume that all of our listeners um, have the uh, understand the importance of what it means to implement these types of uh, of, of solutions. Um, so meaning transitioning, moving things to the cloud, um, and using these SaaS uh, products. Um, can you go a little bit further into what type of business um, should be thinking about that if they haven't already gone down that path? Well, the this the the movement to cloud applications has been ongoing for the past dozen years or so mm-hmm. um these are the yeah so these are these are far this is a far superior way to deliver technology to anybody that is that is consuming it if you think about um you know how much you rely on your your personal banking application by from whatever bank where you look at look at your deposits and and make sure uh, you know payments are cleared and so forth um, being able to just log into the internet, not have to run uh, software at your company, not have to maintain servers and all the complications related to that, uh, make yourself susceptible to to security violations and hacks. Um, just being able to 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 write a subscription contract with a major software company, um, and you just your people from around the world are able to log into these applications. And, and run whatever business process they have to run, whether it's a, uh, you know, on the, on the people side, something as simple as just running somebody's payroll um, and be able to get access to that technology just through an internet login, 
um, that's a great advantage other than having to run your own servers and and you know maintain that software yourself. Now, uh, in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, so um, I think that obviously a lot of the you know younger companies that are that have you know organizations, those mid-sized companies, I believe you said a couple thousand is what you typically work with in terms of employees. Um, so maybe some of those younger those younger companies are a little bit more tech um, savvy, and maybe they have some cloud things done. But I feel like there's a lot of legacy companies out there that still are kind of in the middle or considering, um, you know, what what that move even looks like. And I know this is I don't mean this is a loaded question because I know it's going to vary from company to company. But what does a process like that, just high level, even look like for a company? I'm just trying to get put myself in your shoes for a moment. Of you know, we have a 2,000 employee company. They haven't. They they know they need to be moving the cloud. They know their a lot of their systems are antiquated. They know they have legacy over legacy over legacy of things, and they're maybe maintaining these still these servers. Um, what does that even look like? It's just a it sounds like a pretty big undertaking. Yeah, and I think your assessment, Adam, is is correct. I think the younger the company, the more apt they are to have already have a number of of cloud applications. Um, and just that's the way, certainly mm-hmm. the way. Um, our kids are growing up is they just assume everything's available over the internet. You just log on the internet. <laughs> yeah, you just do it. Yeah, it's just there. You it's just magic. do it. And so it's, it's kind of a, it's just an assumption. But when you go into, um, you know, we're working with one very large company, a manufacturing company that's been in business for a hundred years. And, uh, in this case, they're trying to get their payroll systems converted. And it's exactly as you described. It's a, it's a mess of, and this is a this is a bigger company than we usually mm-hmm. work with, but mm-hmm. boy, they have thirty different payroll systems. Most wow. of them are on are on premise, and so they are trying to 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 you know move mm-hmm. all of those those systems off and get them into into the cloud so they can centrally manage it. Um, that's and the now, main thing the cloud provides, and so it's a it's a it just requires a lot of project planning, and you just have to take one step at a time because it does become a very mm-hmm. complex thing. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, and again, this is uh, to say this is a wag is, is an understatement, but to, uh, but if I'm thinking out loud, you know, 30 payroll systems, once they're at the end, they, they, they're at this, you know, light at the end of the road, on um, the tunnel, they, they, they're done, it's converted, and they now don't have 30 systems, they have one that works. The amount of man hours or woman hours or whatever you want to call it um, that are going to be decreased from what must it must have taken to maintain those systems geez, I can't even imagine what would be saved based off of doing that and the speed of it now for a, for a simple processing or shouldn't be, I shouldn't say simple, but for something as necessary as payroll. <laughs> so you're going to, you're going to absolutely, you're going to reduce your cost, but just think about your responsiveness to your employees. Um, mm. Just you have the customer service side of it as well. They're, they're going to, mm. they have, instead of having to find the one person that knows that system that we put in into into you know production you know we mm-hmm. deployed back in 1970 that can tell me why <laughs> something something happens a certain way on my paycheck uh, mm-hmm, now there's mm-hmm. now there's you know it's all consolidated there's one system everybody's running the same thing knowledge is is not wow. siloed as it used to be and so that just becomes so the value you get out of these these transformation projects I think is is even a greater reason to do it other than just the obvious cost savings. Obviously you don't need a, you know, mm-hmm. as many, you know, an army of people that are, that are keeping these systems up and running. That's awesome. 
Um, well, hey, Tim, so I know there's some people listening right now, and they're like, yeah, we probably need to think about some of these legacy systems we have. And, yeah, we've been hearing about this cloud thing for a while, um, and they run big companies. Um, what's the best way for someone to reach out and learn more about Enforce Consulting? Well, that's really easy. Just go to our website, which is www.enforceconsulting.com, enforceconsulting.com. Fantastic. Um, well, hey, Tim, really appreciate you coming on the show today and share more about your background and all the great work you're doing at Enforce Consulting. Uh, and to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store, um, share this with your friends and family, do all those great things uh, we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And Tim, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you.